What's up, everybody? My name is Researcher Jove, and today we're going to be looking at SCP-3930, which is nothing. That's right, you heard me. It's nothing. So, what does that really mean? Let's jump right in and see what this document has to tell us. Item number, SCP-3930. Object class, none. Special containment procedures. Individuals assigned to SCP-3930 are to monitor the S5-C9 perimeter established near blank Russia and follow orders from on-site command. Individuals assigned to SCP-3930 are to be made aware that there is nothing within the perimeter, as it does not exist. Description: SCP-3930 does not exist. This would appear to be the end of the document, but below this asks for clearance codes from an O5 member, the highest rank in the SCP Foundation, which would then unlock the following SCP document. File Administrator Notice Only seven living individuals are permitted access to this file. Modified Special Containment Procedures For the purpose of ongoing containment of SCP-3930, it is important for all personnel assigned to SCP-3930 outside of the personnel permitted to have access to this file to understand that SCP-3930 does not exist, nor has ever existed. Personnel currently assigned to 3930 who believe that it does exist are to be reassigned and given a full examination to ensure their understanding that 3930 does not exist. Individuals who are unable to do so are to be readmitted to the current 3930 research lead for termination. All personnel assigned to SCP-3930 must understand that, despite any language or orders that may imply otherwise due to their content, 3930 does not exist. 3930 is contained at a location of discovery. Access to the, re the region containing SCP-3930 is strictly forbidden. A perimeter has been created around 3930, roughly one kilometer in diameter. Any unauthorized individuals crossing this perimeter with intent to approach 3930 are to be terminated on site. The seven individuals permitted to access this file have total executive authority over the containment of SCP-3930 and administration of personnel assigned to 3930. The sustained non-existence of 3930 is the containment procedure for SCP-3930. Description. SCP-3930 is a static void located within a one-kilometer perimeter near blank Russia established by the Soviet scientists in the early 1970s. SCP-3930 does not emit or absorb light or sound, does not have a shape or texture, cannot be passed through, cannot be interacted with, cannot be manipulated in any way, and has no dimension. Though extensive testing using variety of techniques, or through extensive testing using a variety of techniques, Foundation researchers have been able to certify with 99.999% accuracy that absolutely nothing exists within the region described as SCP-3930. Despite this, subjects exposed to 3930 will invariably describe the space as containing flora and fauna sim similar to those in the surrounding area, 
as well as a structure somewhere within the non-existent space. How individuals are capable of perceiving SCP-3930 is currently unknown, though several hypotheses have produced see addendum 3930.3 for details. As SCP-3930 cannot be passed through or interacted with, as SCP-3930 is something that doesn't exist, objects or entities cannot enter through SCP-3930. Nevertheless, individuals who attempt to approach 3930 and go into it will nonetheless be perceived as doing so by other observers. The moment the individual passes through the non-existent border of SCP-3930, they cease to exist. Despite this, outside observers will continue to perceive the individual who passes into 3930 for some time afterwards, until such time as they do not. In summary, SCP-3930 does not exist. SCP-3930 is not a physical location, point in time, singularity, vacuum, extra-dimensional space, meta-construction, or any other descriptive thing as a requirement for any such description is existence, which SCP-3930 lacks. As well as SCP-3930 cannot be said to be anything, regardless of what people perceive it to be. As SCP-3930 does not exist, it cannot contain anything that does exist. Due to this, anything that attempts to pass through or enter into SCP-3930, which is impossible due to it being non-existent, will also cease to exist. Despite all of this, human beings will still perceive 3930 as perceptible, and things that become non-existent due to SCP-3930 as similarly perceptible. Most notably, certain attributes of SCP-3930 perceived by beings are altered significantly by the number of people who are aware of SCP-3930 and are aware of the fact that it is affected by awareness. For more information about this, see Indendum 3930.3. Lastly, the effect human perception has on SCP-3930's perceived properties cannot be diminished with amnestics or even natural death. The only known method to affect the nature of SCP-3930's perceived abilities is for the individual who had previously perceived it to enter into it and become non-existent. While the effect this has on SCP-3930 is not immediate, it will diminish over time until becoming stable again after roughly 31 days. The highest number of individuals able to perceive 3930 while still maintaining the void stability is 10, seven of which are accounted for by containment procedures. To allow, for, or to allow for testing purposes and one of any potential civilian interference. Addendum 3930.1 Discovery The records of SCP-3930's origin discovery was lost in the disillusion, or disillusion of the Soviet intelligence communi- community, but it is believed that SCP-3930 was likely discovered on more than one occasion by individuals who, 
by virtue of attempting to interact with it, no longer exist. Notably, near the end of the Soviet Union, SCP-3930 was known about only the state scientists and researchers, and it is not believed that any members of the GRU Division P were made aware of SCP-3930. The GRU Division P are a different branch in the SCP universe. If the state scientists were aware of the nature of SCP-3930, this was likely by design. The number of individuals who have perceived or the number of individuals who have the number of individuals who had perception of SCP-3930 before these containment procedures were enacted is unknown, though records indicate that the state scientists experienced extreme difficulties in both containing the anomaly and doing the research. Their lack of proper understanding of SCP-3930's anomalous qualities led to a significant loss of life, which further exasperated the situation regarding SCP-3930. By the time the Foundation operatives have discovered 3930, only a small number of the original research team members remained, the rest having been lost to 3930. The implementation of 3930's current containment procedures also came at the cost of an unfortunate loss of life. More information about this in Addendum 3930.3. Addendum 3930.2, Exploration Log. Exploration into SCP-3930 is impossible, as per the previous established understanding of SCP-3930's non-existence. Regardless, outside ob observers are capable of perceiving individuals who enter into 3930, and as such, cease to exist later on, and even receive audio transmissions from them. Notably, audio and video recording equipment does not function properly near 3930, Video cameras are not capable of capturing a non-entity, and footage of SCP-3930's subject is subject to the same anomalous visual perceptual anomalies as regular obse observation of SCP-3930. The same is consistent with audio recordings. In short, all audio and video equipment stop functioning the moment someone enters SCP-3930 though observers will continue per to perceive proper functioning, even if the discrepancy is noted. Such, an al such as alarms or warnings that equipment is malfunctioning or disconnected from the source. The following is an audio log transcription penned by researcher M as he perceived it. During the recording of this log, Researcher M spoke into a microphone, perceived a response, and then repeated the response into another recording device. As such, it is worth mentioning once more that the following is simply a conversation that Researcher M appears to have with another human who did not exist at the time of recording, with both individuals' dialogue being spoken by Researcher M. Researcher R moderates this event and confirms the accuracy of the perceived responses, as well as being curating the as well as curating the logs afterwards. So to clarify, researcher M is talking to someone inside of the anomaly, but to everyone perceiving it, he is talking to himself. 
but it's still getting information from the anomaly. Begin log. Researcher M. All right, D124, I need you to start walking forward. Can you tell me what you see in front of you? D124. Trees. The woods. Researcher M. Any animals or wildlife? Uh, no. All right, proceed forward, please. You're approaching the boundary of the anomaly. Do you see anything now? I don't, no. Still just trees and bushes and stuff. At this point, D124 appears to... At this point, D124 disappeared into SCP-3930 and ceased to exist. Audio monitoring equipment confirmed that his radio had ceased to function. Regardless, neither researchers noticed. Researcher M. Continue forward, please. D124. Hang on. There's something up here in the clearing. Some kind of building. Can you describe it? Yeah, it's a... Short. It has a bunch of, um... I think it's like an apartment building? It's really overgrown, though. Like, it's been abandoned for a while. How big would you say the structure is? Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe... 100 feet long? I count six doors on the side. It looks like it might curve around the back, though. Go ahead and continue forward, please. Sure. I actually, by the way, I just noticed something. There's a sound I can hear now, but it's really quiet. I thought it was the wind or the grass a moment ago, but it's definitely not those. What does it sound like? Honestly, I, I don't know. It's faint. Roger, keep us updated. All right, I'm up at the building. Definitely some kind of apartment building. White walls, brown doors, wood. There's, um, I guess there's some kind of other building over here. Maybe an office? Can you open any of the doors? I can try. Hang on. Uh, that one's locked. This one too. Hang on. I'm looking to a window, trying to see if there's anything here, but it's just dark. I can't see anything beyond the curtains. Please continue forward, D-124. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got one. Let's see. Definitely, um, definitely no one's been here in a while. It's dark, dusty, just one bedroom, I think. Not much furniture, some chairs and a small bookshelf on the right. Nothing on it, though. Let me look into the bedroom. Twin bed, a chest of drawers, but they're empty also. The bed is made, though. Curtains are drawn everywhere. Hang on. The D-124 goes to open the curtains. This window here just faces the other side of the, the clearing. This building seems to be a big L shape, and it goes on down away a bit. Researcher M, away from the microphone. To Researcher R. Can you turn that light off? It's too damn bright. D-124 continues to search the room and attached bedroom for the following five minutes. Eventually, he is asked to leave by Researcher M. D-124. Yeah, alright, let me... hang on. What is it, D-124? I... didn't I open these blinds earlier? What? The blinds. 
didn't I? I drew the curtains back earlier, I mean, when I walked into the bedroom. I don't know. I... No, I definitely did. I remember it specifically because I looked out the window. I opened these curtains. Is... Is there something else in here? Researcher M. We have no reason to believe so. DE-124. Then what caused the damn... Or then what closed the damn curtains? Why are they closed? We don't know that at this time. Of course you don't know, but... Ma'am, I definitely opened these curtains. But because I stepped over here and looked out and said, uh, well, I said that there was somebody out there, or, huh. I don't remember what I said, actually. Maybe I was wrong. That's weird. Come again? Nothing, I just, uh, I guess I'll just keep going. The next room is more of the same. It's, uh, backwards from the other one, though. This one has a TV in it as well. Is the TV on? What? No. No one's been here in like weeks, months, maybe even years. I don't think that... Actually, you know what? The TV is still warm. Someone has to be in here then. Let me see if... What is it, D124? It's on, but it's strange. The channels keep skipping around. Just images, pictures, black and white, a backwards ocean, mirrors and faces, a funeral pyre. It keeps coming back to one image though. Black background with uh, these, these dark shapes floating around. More than one. They're really small though, hard to see, fading in and out. Can you hear that? We cannot. It's that sound again. Not coming from the TV, maybe from outside? This is... huh. Come again? Well, it's just that this is going to sound crazy, but I know, I swear I came into this room through a door on that wall, and now there's no door over there. There's a window instead. Can you see out of the window? I can, uh... Alright, this is going to sound crazy, but I can't open the curtains. When I try to go to pull them back, there's just more curtains behind them, and more behind those. Are there any exits in the room? There's... At this point, a telephone in the mobile research station begins to ring in the same room as both the researchers. Researcher R, of whom is the one to answer it. As he did, Researcher M describes hearing another phone ring on the other end of the audio transmitter, near D-124. D-124. There's a phone ringing. I don't remember it being here, though. Hang on. Researcher M. Hey, don't... D-124 and Researcher R in unison. Hello? Yes, we're watching. Listening in on this. Can you hear me? At this point, Researcher M notes severe echoing originating from the audio receiver coming from D-124. D-124 and Researcher R in unison. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Am I speaking to you right now? What is this? Researcher M. Hey, hang up the phone. Hang up the damn phone. Researcher R hangs up the phone and appears confused and disoriented. On the other end of the audio receiver, 
D124 expresses similar confusion. D124. What was that? Did you hear any of that? Researcher M. D124, are there any exits from the room you're currently in? Yeah, there's a stairwell here. I can try that. Roger, please do. Alright, I went down the stairs, and now I'm in another room. No, wait. Is it? Hey, I forgot to mention something earlier, but my skin is starting to feel really weird. What do you mean? It feels sort of chalky. When I brush my hand up against my arm, it just sort of... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It just stops being for a minute. Noted. Can you describe your surroundings now? There's the same couch as the previous room, but there's something different about this one. Maybe the room's the wrong size? It feels a little bigger. Things are a bit spread out more. Can you get back up the stairs? Stairs? The stairs you just descended down. What stairs? You just descended down a flight of stairs to get into this room. No, I came through the front door, right over there. That's weird. The door is locked now, though. Are you sure you can't hear that, by the way? Can you describe the noise you're hearing? It's like... Like... Did you ever listen to static on a TV? Uh, sure. Well, sometimes you can hear things in the white space, right? Your brain fills in the gaps. This sounds kind of like that sound. The sound that your brain makes, only without the static. It's really not very loud, but it's definitely noticeable. I think, um, let me see. There should be a door out of here somewhere. Let me look. D-124 continues to look through the room he is currently in for an exit for the following four hours. Despite attempts by the control group to assist D-124 in leaving the room, he is unable to do so. D-124. I'm noticing something again. I know why this is taking so long. The space between everything is really big now. It's taking me 10 minutes to walk from the sofa to the TV. I needed 20 just to get to the kitchen. What? Since when? Why didn't you mention this earlier? I don't know. I... There's a knock at the door. Hang on. Hello? There's a man outside. He wants to know if I'm listening. Researcher M. Am I? D-124. Yeah, I am. Alright. He, he says there's some way out. Going down through the through the floor. He says if I lean back enough, I'll just go there, so... D-124 does not respond for 38 minutes. Both researchers do not speak for 38 minutes. D-124 has white noise coming from his end. Researcher M, are you there yet? D-124, it's further than I thought it would be. I think I'm starting to get it. Are you listening? Researcher M, are you listening? D-124, good. Don't stop listening. I'm down below here now. I see... I thought I w The things were going... See, I thought the things I was going to see had something to do with me, but they're really not. I'm not really seeing them. Yeah, this makes a lot more sense now. 
Not to me, but maybe to you. Maybe it doesn't matter. So you know what I said earlier about the static, right? It's the same sort of thing now, but with my eyes. Filling in the blanks. What do you see, DU-124? There's a hole in the world here, and this place got pulled down into it, like a drain. People, too. I can actually see it now, the whole building, drawn into the tiny little spot, fracturing out and broken. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a response, like a reaction. Nature doesn't abhor a vacuum, but people do. Your minds aren't made for this, right? You stare at the stars and see things because that's what you do. Make sense of it all. Order is a man-made concept. Can you describe the space you're in now? I'm not. What do you mean? You know I'm not, actually. As soon as you realize it, this will all be over. As soon as I realize what? You just have to look away from the screen and you'll stop seeing the... You'll stop seeing the patterns. I'm... If you look away, you'll stop seeing me and you'll... You'll stop hearing me. And that's what I'm hearing. That's what I've been hearing this whole time. Yeah, that makes sense because if you blink, you lose it. And once it's gone, it's nothing again. So they try to get your attention and if they lose it, they're nothing. And slow down, I need you to, no, 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 no. You look away and the patterns go away. You stop listening and you don't hear them. They're nothing. And now I'm, don't you get it? Are, at this point, there's a minor dip in electric systems as the on-site generators activate. Both researchers immediately become aware that the audio transmitter is no longer functioning. Attempts to contact D124 fail. End log. Addendum 3930.3, interview. The following excerpt is taken from an interview log conducted with Dr. Andre Vasali, a Soviet scientist who was found operating the containment procedures for SCP-3930 before beginning for Foundation intervention. Dr. Vasali was eventually offered a position within the Foundation. The interviewer was Dr. Petro Kudskin. Begin log. Dr. Kudskin. What is it? Dr. Vasali. It isn't anything. Not in any measurable sense. It's static, uncompromised void, a space where nothing exists. Dr. Kunskin. How did it get there? Dr. Vaselli. We don't know. It was found, whether by someone within the state or an outside player, and we arrived first. What do you know about it? Know about it? What is there to know? There's nothing there, nothing for us to measure, nothing for us to test. Things that cross the threshold disappear and cease to be. We have tried sending in soldiers with recording equipment, but they all met the same fate. What happened to the rest of your team? Uh, perception is key. Everything you can test for will tell you that there is an absence there, yes? But you look at it and you see the forest and the trees and even animals. You walk far enough in and you might see a building or people, but none of it's real. By the time you see the building, in whatever shape it takes, 
you're not real either. You have become little more than the reflection of yourself perceived by someone else's mind. This thing, this void, it's a hateful mirror. It wants you to look at it. The more you look at it, the more hateful it becomes. Dr. Kudskin. But what about the rest of your team? Dr. Vizali. There were too many of us. Too many of us stared into the void and it started screaming. Screaming? When you approach it, you will start to hear it. So faint that it might be nothing or less than nothing, but a noise. Something queer has happened. Human minds have evolved to see patterns where there are none. So when cast over a space where there is nothing at all, the mind begins to create something from nothing. What you hear is something rudimentary and almost imperceptible sentient. And almost imperceptible sentient. It is a flash along the edge of the void as our minds attempt to perceive what isn't there. And it hates us for it. What do you mean, it hates us? Why would it hate anything? How would you know? Because there are too many of us. Each member of our team who looked at the void, each of us trying to perceive it. These flashes, these tiny screamers, eventually they begin to to bind together. Make no mistake, Dr. Kunskin, they are not real. They are to a nitro. They are less than nothing, <laughs> but they are somehow aware of their own nothingness and they are hateful because of it. Their existence, I believe, is torment. They hate the universe for being. They hate themselves for not being. And they hate us for not, they hate us for making them. They are nothing but hate. Given enough time and with enough of us trying to look into this void, something is gonna crawl out. Afterwards, there were 10 of us and the anomaly began to stable, stabilize. What came out? How long have you been here? Decades. Why didn't you call for relief? Once you've heard the screamer, you can't unhear it. Calling for relief would just be damning another soul. The other day, the, remind the remainder of your scientists disappeared. Where are they? They entered the void. Why? There are too many of us now. You brought 12, and there are 8 of us. There cannot be more than 10. Once you have perceived the void, your mind cannot be made to forget it. There are 13 of us now, but there must be no more than 10. You talk about this void like it's some kind of intelligent creature. How can this nothingness be something intelligent. They are not the same thing. The void is what it is, a region of non-existence. It is an unfathomable, unalterable, and we know nothing about it. But the pattern screamers are, yes, in some way intelligent. But they are only intelligent because they are us. They are a reflection of, they are our reflection in this hateful mirror. Off camera, Dr. Kunskin looks away. 
Dr. Vasali looks into the camera for a moment. Dr. Kunskin. All right, is there anything else? Dr. Vasali. There can be no more than ten. I will go into the void, and then two of your own must follow. And if they do not, in log. And this ends the document as well. I feel like this one was a bit confusing as it does talk about it being nothing so much. But to try to clarify a little bit, there are creatures in this non-existent void. And when you perceive the void, you begin to give the creatures existence, which then they hate because they are aware that they don't exist. And only so many people can look at the void because if they, if more than 10 people look at it, then the more the creatures will become into existence. And we don't know what will happen when they do come into existence. But anyone who goes into the void ultimately ceases to exist, which makes it to where the creatures stop being perceived and thus discreates them as well. That seems still confusing, but it's pretty interesting, and there is a few stories connected with this. Um, I do know of one that is that kind of explains where these pattern screamers came from, and um, I guess I'll explain that right now, actually, instead of... I was thinking if I wanted to do another video for it, but I might either way and just give background to this one anyway. But in another document, it is told that... These pattern screamers came from a universe before our universe, but some big, horrible event caused them to escape. And when they came to our universe, they all, the ones that did escape, some of them turned into different things, and some hate their existence, which are the pattern screamers. And so for this specific case, when they escaped, they entered a non-existent void, and because they don't exist, they are hateful of it. And because we do exist, they hate us because they don't. Um, but there are some pattern screamers that turned into pandas, and they sent data logs in the form that turned into bamboo. So if you look at the bamboo, you can look at information from their past universe and these pandas you can communicate with and they can tell you what you know where they came from and stuff and this is where the story comes from is the pandas said that they came from this universe but they got lucky because they were pandas and existed in some form but there are some that are trapped in other ways as one is trapped in the scp foundation database and it screams into an endless void hoping to break free one day. And we don't know what would happen if they broke free. But it is definitely an interesting tale and a little bit confusing, but nonetheless, still very good read. And I hope you guys enjoyed it.